There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look, then you will see On WCN-TV Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me today here on WCN-TV. We have a wonderful guest that you are going to be encouraged by, and I I think it's going to hit home with a good many of you. Pastor Jeff Peabody is the author of Perfectly Suited, The Armor of God for the Anxious Mind. He explains that 77% of Americans experience physical symptoms of stress, and 73% experience psychological symptoms. Today, and increasingly since the pandemic, depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. Now, as a side note, here in America, estimates are 40 million adults suffer from some type, some form of anxiety disorder. Jeff interweaves his own struggles in the armor of God found in Paul's writings to the Ephesians and he says this, quote, it is strangely easy to profess a belief in God without relying on his support, end quote. We go about life thinking that we can handle our problems until we can. Then, as is so often the case, in desperation, we call out to God like a drowning man, hoping he will throw us a lifeline. Jeff Peabody is the founding pastor of New Day Church in Federal Way, Washington. I happen to know where that's at, in fact. Uh, uh-huh. Graduate of Fuller, uh, Fuller Seminary and Biola University. He has written for Worship Leader, First Things, Christianity Today, and Plow.com. For nearly two decades, he wrote in the context of advertising and public relations agencies. He then switched fields entirely, attending seminary. And that's not an easy thing to pull off, friends, I got to tell you helping start a new church, and learning the discipline of writing for weekly sermon deadlines. Jeff and his wife live in the rainy but beautiful Pacific Northwest, as I mentioned, Federal Way, Washington. Jeff, welcome to WCN-TV. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's a privilege to be here. Amen. Well, we're looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I put an email out today alerting folks that uh, you would be on and we would be discussing your book perfectly suited the armor of god for the anxious mind what a what a catchy title did you come up with that i'm just curious or did your your publisher uh we went back and forth on that one a few times uh originally it was going to be called praying for my basal ganglia but uh that <laughs> that was a little too obscure and and uh, we thought this would make a little more sense to people yes absolutely yeah well that was a good choice <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> So you talk about uh, your struggle, and that's what makes the, the book so powerful and, and, and such a, a captivating read, because you use yourself as, as an example um, to, to walk people through. And um, so you talk about your, your own struggles with anxiety, Jeff. When did you first notice those? Yeah, you know, um, I, it's, it's somewhat embarrassing to say that for most of my adult life, I I was pretty disconnected, actually, from what I was feeling, my emotions. Um, I sometimes referred to what felt like flat spots 
on my soul where I, I mm. could see that I, I probably should be feeling something, um, but, but couldn't really connect with it. And I, um, so, so which actually in a lot of ways made life easy to not feel your feelings. Um, but, you know, our brains and our bodies, even when we aren't connected to those feelings, they're, they're storing them up and eventually they're going to get our attention. And, um, and so uh, several years ago now, I hit what I call my, my mental and emotional wall where uh, things just began to crumble apart for me mentally, actually. And I, I felt I, I found that my brain was just going out of control. I was experiencing a lot of uh, intrusive thoughts, which is just a, a classic symptom of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, which is an anxiety disorder. And I had no idea what was going on at the time. And I was, I, it shook me up because my brain felt like it, it just broke and I didn't understand. And I, I went on a walk with a friend of mine who also happens to be a counselor. And uh, as we're walking, I was just crying, which also was very uncharacteristic of me and trying to make sense of everything. And at the end of our conversation, I said, uh, I am not an anxious person. And he looked at me and he laughed. And that laugh really caught me up short because it was, it was as if he was saying to me, have you even looked at yourself, even know who you are? And, and that really began a, a new journey for me of beginning to explore what was really going on inside that I had lost touch with. And, uh, and it's kind of continued up until, up until this day. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you actually, um, bring that right out in the open. And I, I, I admire this statement from, from, uh, the book chef, because so many people sadly never get to this place, but here's the statement. This is a book about protection and vulnerability about defensiveness and pain and avoidance. Just reading that statement, um, I began to imagine for many people how difficult it is to come to that place where you accept what it is that the Father is revealing to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think sometimes, especially in a Christian environment, um, we can we can layer up so much of a sense of should or um, feelings of we, we put right and wrong labels on our feelings. Uh, and so sometimes it feels sinful to, to uh, feel anxious or depressed. And so then we, we not only uh, have the, the feeling that we're contending with, but also the, the guilt and shame around it uh, that uh, can, can really just make it, something that you want to hide from even more than just the uncomfortableness of the feeling itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you mentioned guilt. That's huge. (laughs) That is huge. Yes. Yes. Trying to, trying to portray an an image um, for others that we're strong, uh, we're courageous. uh, We've got our house in order. um, But at the same time, dealing with guilt that's that can become overwhelming and in fact uh disabling is that a fair statement yeah you know i i think there are some of us that um that's our that's our natural personality tendency to go to guilt um and i think also uh for for those of us you know i grew up in a devoutly christian home i'm incredibly grateful for that it has been uh, such a gift throughout my life to to have that heritage and i think at the same time for those for those who have grown up in that sort of environment you know that it's very challenging to separate out as a kid messages from the gospel and also messages about right christian behavior and and it can be very easy to live with that constant striving sense of wanting to please wanting to um earn approval even at the same time as you're you're knowing that uh the the way that god approves you is through jesus and uh and yet you can you can have these dual messages going on at the same time i think that was true for 
for me that, um, you know, there was such a strong sense of wanting to, wanting to do the right thing. I, I still am shaped so much about wanting to do the right thing. And, and that can begin to overshadow messages of grace. And, um, and so, I, you know, when I'd lived my whole life, really, um, I, I, I began to see that, that I was relying more on my own capacities uh, than I had been on what Jesus did for me. That, that although that's what I was saying I believed in was grace and the gospel, that, that at the end of the day, I was really counting on the fact that uh, I was able to do a pretty good job of, of doing what I, I want, getting my, myself to do the right things. And so when I got to this point where all of a sudden my brain is not cooperating with me, uh, it made me realize afresh, oh, that's what grace is for. Grace is for what we can't do ourselves. Uh, and so to have to rely on that in a new way uh, really opened things up to an understanding of the gospel and on a different level than I had um, living my whole life, just being a pretty good, pleasing, uh, you know, uh, performance kind of, of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is one of the, one of the primary, and in in my experience, in my opinion, Jeff, that's one of the primary uh, snares of the enemy, especially, especially as a pastor and, um, of course, my my children, uh, four grown, beautiful, wonderful daughters today, um, but but they grew up in that environment, being a being a PK and you know living in yeah. that living in that fishbowl, and and the expectations for that were just yes. tremendously, um, at times overwhelming, and and. One of my failures as a as a dad to to my daughters was was expecting too much from them and not giving them the grace and the and 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 the room to to mess up and and then and then love them through that you know giving I know you understand exactly what I'm talking yep. about. Yep, yep, I sure do, and I think that that's natural too as a parent because of course. Of course, we want to do our best to uh, raise our kids uh, in a in a way where they're going to pursue God and uh, you know reflect well on us. And so it's it's a natural thing to to want to do. And I think it taps into all our fears about our own failures and our mm-hmm. sense of yes, um, what does this say about me as a parent if if my kid is having a struggle? And so to to allow them that freedom, it's really challenging. It, it certainly is. And, and uh, the Lord blessed in spite of my shortcomings. I'm, I'm happy mm-hmm. to, to give testimony to that. And, and, uh, and he uses it now in, in, in my counseling with, with young parents and children that are, you know, going down that path for the yep, first time. Yep, yep. I can tell them, well, let me, let me tell you um, the choices not to make because yeah. I made those and, and you, you will, you will receive re you will see the fruit of, of the Holy spirit manifesting if you'll go this route, which. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And isn't it good that he has grace even for that? You know, yes. I mean, I look up, I look at my own kids who are all grown now as well. And I, I just, uh, I just shake my head sometimes knowing I can see, I can see the things I bequeath to them that uh you know a lot of a lot of my parenting of their early years was before i really hit this wall and did some of my own work and and so you know um they are they are grappling with their own um out, outcomes from from my parenting and and i'm also seeing god's grace in that for them and so i mean it's just so good that um, he does have all kinds of room for that. And so I'm yes, grateful. Amen. amen. Me too, Jeff. Me too. Um, one of our, our characteristics as uh, men and women is that uh, in, in many instances, when, when tough situations come, we, we tend to gravitate towards self-reliance, toward, toward mm-hmm. trying to, to take care of it you know, and we make, we, we, we justify it some to a personal testimony. 
I justify it sometimes by saying, God, you're too busy. I can do, right. I can, you right. know, well, he's not too busy for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think sometimes, yeah, we think we're doing him a favor or, or we're, we're not putting him out by, by doing it ourselves. Uh, and, you know, none of us want to be needy. None of us want to, uh, not none of us want to ask for help. It's always hard to put that ask out there, especially I think because we get so many messages um, in in church ab- around you know do not be anxious, uh, you know do yeah. not be afraid, and and yes. and we hear that we hear that as almost chastisement or or uh, it putting this this sinful character on things when really I think the way Christ is saying that is that there's no need for our anxiety or worry. It's more of a reassurance, like a, a parent telling a child not to worry. It's not, it's not that they are being so disobedient by having that feeling. It's, it's trying to take away the cause of that worry for them. And um, so yes. anyway, I think, I think it's very natural for us to, to not want to go there, but, you know, Philip Yancey once said that, that grace uh, like water flows to the lowest places and and sometimes we're scrambling so hard for the high ground to not need grace uh, that we're we're actually missing out on what God is offering us because because we're trying so hard not to need it. That's right. Um, and I think I I think I I led a lot of my life struggling so hard to be sinless uh, that that I lose sight of what it means to live like a forgiven person. Yes. Um, Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the word picture that comes to mind, uh, Jeff, listening to your, to your response is, um, I remember lots of times having to convince uh, my daughters when they were very young, um, something arose and they were, they were frightened. They were anxious mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. and, and having to convince them through repeated affirmations that, Hey, it's, it's going to be okay. It's fine. Yes. Just, just, just trust me, just trust yes. me in this. And, and after a few times of that, then they would, they would inevitably just, just look up into my face with those, those big round eyes and, and just say, it's going to be okay. And you, and I get that mm-hmm. picture of the father of, of the Lord Jesus, his grace and his patience with us to say, listen, just, yes. Just let go and trust me. It's everything's going to be fine. Yes. And that's so much more helpful of a, a way to picture it than to imagine that he's mad at us for, yes. for being anxious. You yes. know, that doesn't, that doesn't help our anxiety at all. That just sends <laughs> it through the roof. That's exactly so. right. Yeah. Yeah. That just, yes, absolutely. So, so you talk about God's view of, of Christian growth and, and, and mm-hmm. on that subject, um, Boy, there is no lack of material, books, right. podcasts, uh, you name it. It's out there. Um, but what we really need is we, we need to hear from the Father. What, how does he view our growth? Yeah. You know, I think um, for, for much of my life, I, I sort of pictured it. And this, this kind of goes along what, with what we've already said, but I, I think I pictured it as, you know, we we put our faith in Christ and the cross for that initiation, that beginning of our faith. And then sort of our our goal as we're going along is to um, grow to a point where we're needing that less and less, uh, where where I don't have to rely so much on God's forgiveness or, or his grace and and. And yet I find that actually the opposite is true, that actually the further we walk with the Lord, uh, the larger the cross becomes, the more we see our need for it. And uh, if, you, if you look at the people that you would consider the, the holiest down through history, uh, one, one common characteristic of them is that the further they got in their journey, the more they were aware of their own brokenness and their own need constantly to be humble before the Lord and, and relying, depending solely on him. And uh, so I think it was a a switch for me to begin to go, 
oh, I'm not, uh, you know, it, it, scripture doesn't say grow out of grace. It says to grow in grace. Amen. And, and so we, we um, are constantly more and more appreciative of the gift that it is. And that it's not about us earning, um, but really totally, truly the whole way through in discipleship is, is completely um, due to Christ. Yeah. 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 That's so, so true, Jeff, that the, the um, closer that we draw to the Lord and, and, and the more that we experience his, his presence and his loving uh, nurture in our lives, the more we, we see our own brokenness, but, but here's, here's the beautiful thing, friends. When we see our own brokenness in, in being, being drawn to the, to the father, um, we begin to extend uh, huge amounts of grace and mercy towards other people. Mm. It, yeah. it, it just, it, it's almost Jeff, um, I'm going to throw this back to you for comment, but it's almost like it's the key to unshackling us from a critical spirit, from uh, judgmentalism. Now, I, we are to judge, but we're not to be judgmental. Sure. We're not to have a critical spirit and, and things of that nature. And so what you're talking about is the difference between all the 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 programs that talk about spiritual maturity and growth and steps and this and that, and actually experiencing the presence of the Lord, abiding in him, um, appreciating that, that grace and mercy has shown us, it unlocks us and enables us to do the same thing with other people in our relationships. And I, and I think if we'll grasp a hold of that, Jeff, that we'll see a, a, a tremendous change uh, in our own sphere of family, friends, and influence. What What do you think? Yeah, I that that just uh, resonates so much. I feel like, um, you know, when when I began to experience this struggle in a new way with just my mental health, um, I, I found that uh, as it broke me down, it it very much impacted the way that I viewed other people's struggles and, you know, where um, it, it didn't change the content of my preaching. um, But um, my wife one time said, it's, it's like, now you're preaching from a poverty of spirit. Mm. And, and it felt like suddenly um, I had, I had this capacity to relate to people in a different way that, that now uh, my, my struggle became the doorway to so much more connection. And, you know, it's what uh, scripture says about, you know, we comfort one another with the comfort we ourselves have received. And, yes. and I think, I think we have to go through that process of receiving that comfort. And, you know, we, mm-hmm. we have to um, be vulnerable enough to, to say, yeah, I need, I need uh, what the Lord is offering here. And then, and then as we do, um, even even though that this whole process was so excruciating, I wouldn't change it for the world because it did. It cracked me open, and I I feel like it it opened me up to uh, other people in a in a holy way. And I think that is just so in line with how the faith works. Is God gives us a story of of His grace. It's very personal. That that also then helps us um, see the need to extend that and share that with yes. other people. Yes. Amen. And I, I'm just reminded of uh, uh, the passage in Romans chapter eight that, that um, affirms and encourages us to keep in mind that it's uh, 828 uh, Spencer, that God causes all things work together for our good um, Mm. to those who love him. So um, sometimes we, we get in places, Jeff, where we think, I know what the scripture says, but I can't see any way, God, that you're going to use this for good. That's part of the lie of the mm. devil, isn't it? That, that God can't turn yeah. these things into good. Right. I uh, I really like something that P.T. Forsyth said one time. He said, you know, it's 
it's fine to pray for for our pain's removal because that's what we want. We just say, God, take this thing away. But he said it's it's um, it's a better prayer to pray for God's conversion of it or to turn us turn it into a sacrament. You know, turn it into something that He can show us more of Himself. Yes. In. And because we we look at these things and we go, this is so awful. God, just take it, take it away. And that that um, was really my prayer for so long with my my OCD struggle was going, God, I I hate this. I need you to I need you to get it out of my life. And and instead to to over time go, you know what? Yes, God, I I believe that that God has power to to uh, heal in that way and, and simply uh, eradicate things at times. But most of the time, I, I think it's more like Paul with his thorn in the flesh that we, he prayed for it to be removed and, and God didn't. And it, it was there. And, and then God worked through that thorn um, and turned it into a, a, a messenger of his spirit where it started out as this messenger of Satan. Then, then God ended up using it uh in paul's life and i i think um i mean that's the amazing thing about god's grace and power is that he can take anything and turn it around and wring good out of it and yes. and redeem it so yes yes, yes. amen uh, those of you who have joined us um and have a question i'm going to uh ask jeff we're going to talk about one more subject um and then we'll take your questions uh Simply raise your hand um, in the um, queue, and I'll call on you, and then you can ask your question. But before before we do that, Jeff, you you talk about spiritual warfare in the book, and um, that's another one of those subjects that everybody has an opinion on, and yeah. and some of them are accurate. <laughs> I'll yeah, put it yeah, that way. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but right. uh, you, so so, how do you define? Uh, the spiritual warfare in the book for those that do not. And by the way, friends, sure. uh, jdpbody.com is where you can go to get this book perfectly suited, the armor of God for the anxious mind. There, there you go. Perfectly suited, the armor of God for the anxious mind. So um, in your book, you define it. So, so let's talk about that subject a little bit. Yeah. Well, and again, like you said, I mean, uh, it's such a, it's such a hot topic and, mm-hmm. and, and people tend to a lot of times gravitate one of two ways, either, either we just ignore it and um, mm-hmm. act like it's not a real thing, or um, we get very intense about it. And, you know, everything is a spiritual battle and we see a demon behind every tree and, uh, and mm-hmm. everything, Satan ends up getting more credit than he deserves for, mm-hmm. for sometimes things that are just part of life struggle. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet, you know, if, if we're talking about the armor of God, that implies battle, that implies mm-hmm. that there's something going on. And and scripture makes it clear that we do have an enemy and it's an enemy that we can't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when I when I first began to really um, experience this distress mentally, I, I began to go, well, what is the cause here? Is this is this something spiritual? I had somebody suggest to me that it was some sort of demonic something that I was dealing with. And that wasn't, didn't feel very helpful. And, and then I wondered, you know, was there some sort of sin that was causing this for me? And, and then go down the the trail of, of counseling and going, is this something from my childhood? Is this something unresolved that I need to, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, anxiety is a really complex thing. And, and, necessarily pinpointing a source of it was, was not all that helpful for me, but I, but I, what I came to realize is that really spiritual warfare is anything that has a negative impact on our spirits. So it doesn't really matter if the devil caused it or something else caused it. Uh, He can grab onto whatever and, and uh, use it to discourage us. Or he can use it to um, get us distracted or pull us away from seeing what God has done for us. There, there's no limit to what he can take from our lives and and make have a negative impact on our spirits. So uh, it could even be good things that happen in our lives that 
lead us down a trail of pride or whatever. It's not just the negative things that, that are necessarily uh, spiritual warfare. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think I like to keep it really simple that way and just say, if it's, if it's causing me discouragement or despair, uh, and if I'm afflicted, I'm, I'm experiencing some spiritual warfare and I need protection. I need what God is offering for me. And so that's what I see the armor of God as, as being about this, this amazing gift of gospel truth that he gives us that is, that is perfectly adequate to, to protect us from absolutely everything that uh, the devil may want to throw our way. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So um, anyone in the queue have a question that you would like, like to ask uh, Jeff related to, to anything that we've been uh, discussing so far in, in the first half of our, of our conversation? Uh, simply raise your hand and I, I'll recognize you and you can ask your question. Okay, well, we're going to move on then. Jeff, uh, what makes us vulnerable? Sticking with the the uh, subject of spiritual warfare, uh, believing that that there are some things that that very very obviously originate in the supernatural realm. Um, sure. We have some things uh, you talk about our, our vulnerabilities to to spiritual attacks, and and so. What are those? But then how how would someone recognize those vulnerabilities? Mm. Yeah, um, the, the one thing about temptation is that it is tempting, you know, and and there's there's something and about the things that the, the devil might to um, lure us aside. So I think we're vulnerable by virtue of human and the way we're wired is we see something shiny and we want to we want to go after it Mm. Uh, i think we can be vulnerable also of experiences that we've been through um you know if if we've we've been hurt in the past uh then then we can have some sensitivity certain areas and and some trigger points that that leave us vulnerable to certain certain kinds of of warfare attacks that the devil mm-hmm. might uh, throw out there. I think, yeah, um, yeah I, I think our, our, our woundedness by other um, fellow Christians, sometimes trying to struggle yes. through thing. It's friendly fire where we're, uh, we get caught in that. And yes. um, so I think there's, I think there's a variety of things that, that can, can leave us vulnerable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I agree, Jeff. And one of the one of the major things that I've seen over the years is um, rejection. Re- rejection has a powerfully negative yes. impact on us, and I and I think that makes us vulnerable then to to use a sports analogy to piling on by mm. by by the enemy that that listen. He's we all know he's not um, omniscient, omnipotent, all of those things. But he is wise in an evil way, and and he does recognize our weaknesses, and he's going to exploit those. And and generally, I think he's, you know, kinds of fiery arrows. If we stick with the the mm-hmm. metaphors in yes. the armor of God, and I think the the first kind of arrow that he throws out there is uh, the mess that you're not good enough for God. Yes. So, all the all the voices of accusation that come mm-hmm. our way, yep. uh, that that make us feel like we don't deserve God's love, and so therefore shouldn't pursue it, and that's what leads us to hiding. Uh, you know, clear back to Adam and Eve in the garden, mm-hmm. reaching for those fig leaves because uh, couldn't let God see them in their condition, and so uh, so that that one messaging of you're not you're not good enough for God. And then the second kind of message I think he hits us with is God's not good enough for you. Mm. So, um, it'd be something else that would be better for us that, that could, um, meet our needs more or be more satisfying. And so, um, generally speaking, I think any of the temptations he's throwing our way fall into one of those categories of, of either we're not good enough for God or God's not good enough for us. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. You're right. Uh, 
our attempts, this is a this is a quote, friends that have joined us today. Our attempts at self-protection have an element of hiding within them. I, I thought that was a, uh, a profound thought that, that uh, you can only admit when the Lord has brought you a certain, uh, a certain way in this process of self-evaluation, reflection, and, and he's clearly he's pouring into you for you to understand that. So for our readers or for our viewers' sake, though, Jeff, what, what do you mean by that statement? Self-protection has an element of hiding within them. Yeah. Well, you know, I think for myself, there are so many times when I will um, grab onto things to make myself look or, or uh, create an appearance that I'm doing better than, than I am. Uh, I want, I want to get back to what we were talking about at the beginning of, of wanting to please, wanting to do the right thing, wanting to look mm-hmm. as if I've got it all together and and so um, naturally, if I'm putting that effort into performing, really uh, up to a certain standard, whatever whatever I have in my mind is good enough, then then I'm not going to let anybody see any vulnerability that I might be feeling mm-hmm. or anything that that might reveal a, a little bit of weakness. Uh, I'm going to be um, trying to keep that out of view. Uh, and sometimes that's not intentional or self-consciously. I'm not, I'm not purposely trying to hide. I'm, I'm trying to do my best, but, but it can, it can often be, uh, a doing my best, uh, in a way that, that is really to shield me from anybody seeing the real me. Cause if mm-hmm. they saw the real me, they might reject me. Like you were talking about that rejection before. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things, so this is a good segue into the next question, the next uh, thought idea. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that we'll experience, um, I know I have personally in, in my life is that when we're, when we're in that place and, and God is trying to, to get us to understand something and we just want to move on. We want to get through it. We want to get past it. We want to get over it and come on, God, what's going on? Move. Well, it might just be, consider this friends. It might just be that it's not God's will for you to move at all, but Mm. he's trying to keep you in this place so that you can understand, realize, accept, and then deal with, or, or if not totally, at a standstill, moving very, very slowly. So you have to consider and, and deal with all of these things. Um, that's hard, Jeff, because yes. we want yes. things taken care of like yesterday, right? Yes, yes. Well, and I think, you know, for myself, I'm one of those kinds of people where I, I like, I'm not a process person. I like closure. And especially when it comes to things that are spiritual in nature, I feel like well, if I know that God wants me to be mature and complete, uh, then then it feels to me like anything less than total completion is somehow failure, somehow not living up to what God has for me. And so, so there's this piece of me that gets anxious when I'm going, oh, I'm not, I'm not there yet. So therefore, I must not be fully in God's will. And I forget the the fact that. Jesus came as a baby because mm-hmm. the fact that that Jesus lived his whole life going through adolescence, you know, going being a toddler, all these pieces in the process and he was fully in God's will that whole time before he went to the cross. You know, God didn't just send him directly to the cross. He he went through the whole human experience. That's and right. and that's so comforting to know that just because we're in process and it's taking a long time doesn't mean that that's not part of God's will for us. Cause Jesus was never out of God's will at any of those stages. And so um, I, I think that's really been helpful for me. And also, you know, even looking at Jesus on the cross and going his, his staying there, 
it is one of the most powerful things of all that he didn't choose to come down when he had the power to do so that that he stayed right in the middle of this excruciating pain and situation uh, that that would have felt like he wanted to do anything to end it, uh, but he he didn't. He stayed he stayed right there in it. And so I, I think as we stay in our own places of of pain, and maybe it feels like God isn't answering us, to know that that Christ is right there in the middle of it because because he stayed uh, right there in his own pain. And so he, he's our, he's our high priest who understands and identifies with everything we're going through. Yes. And um, so that's also a comfort. Amen. Amen. Friends, I'm speaking with author and pastor Jeff Peabody, the book perfectly suited the armor of God for the anxious mind. Jeff, you write in the book that I have worn the weight of Christian duty heavily. And um, I'm wondering if you would, uh, for our viewers' sake, explain what you mean by that, and then and then talk about how that's impacted your faith journey. Sure. Well, I think really on on two levels. Um, I think one, just for myself, um, again, being a compliant overachiever my whole life, um, that that sense of God being interested in me because of how I was doing, how I was performing for him. And it's not that there's anything wrong with doing good things. That's important. Um, But at the same time, it can very subtly shift into this place of going, well, the reason God likes me is because I'm pretty good at, at doing these things, being responsible, taking care of other people. Uh, You know, um, being being basically obedient and 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 going uh losing sight of the fact that God loves me because he made me and he made me for a relationship with him and I'm his child and yes. and it's not about it's as much as he uh appreciates my my efforts um that's not that's not the source of the connection and and I think it's very easy for that sense of duty, uh, as we're wanting to please the Lord, um, to to overtake the fact that His Son already pleases Him. And so, when we are when we're in Christ, we're totally reliant on on the fact that He thoroughly He thoroughly delights His Father already, and and so we are completely secure in that. Um, and and I think it's it's very easy for uh, you know either someone that is in a professional ministerial role to to begin to start to think that uh, well God God has me on his favorite list or he has me in a little uh, better standing because of all the sacrifices that I'm making or all the things that I'm doing and just go you know what um not to invalidate all these things because they're good, but, but that's, that's not the source of, of God's love for me. And, and to be able to, to rest in it being bigger than that, which sounds, you know, when you hear that, you go, well, of course God, God loves us because he loves us. But, um, but boy, that's a hard one to um, hang on to and, and not slip into this other mode of, of trying to earn it. Yes. Yeah. Amen. So, so true. We know the Father loves us and we want to uh, show our love for him by by our obedience. And um, but we have to remember uh, who we are in Christ, that there's there's a lot of talk today. In fact, a lot of books out talking about our identity in in Christ and Mm -hmm. and, and rightfully so when we when we understand who we are in Christ, when we when we entrust every aspect of our being, our, our hopes, our desires, the things that we think are, are failure, when we entrust all of those things to the Father, um, He becomes truly, using the, the uh, uh, metaphor of the spiritual armor, He truly does become our shield, doesn't He? Yes. Yes. Uh, I used to have a professor in seminary who that 
the mandates of scripture and always flow from the indicatives of grace. Uh, you know, the grace that's, that's already there as bedrock. Uh, God doesn't, God isn't asking us to, to get us to do it, to give us grace. The grace is already there. And that's why he, he asks it of us. And, and yeah, I think at the end of the day, when we're talking about God, we're really talking about Jesus himself is our, is our armor. He's our, he's our shield. He's the one that, that stands between judgment uh, and and punishment and and all of that, and he's the one that makes it possible for us to to enter the Father's presence. Uh, there's really no better defense we could ask for. That's right. Uh, and yet we so often want to grab onto the the armor of you know and the things that we hide behind and grab onto for our our own uh, self defense and protection when we got that all along. Amen. Now, on the flip side of that, though, is <laughs> how do we um, how do we live with the illusion that a life of trusting God equals fewer problems? Because um, I've heard that I can't tell you how many times, Jeff. Yeah. From yes. People. Right. Well, I think it it sounds right, right? Because we feel like if we're if we're doing the right things, if we're if we're living right, then then God's going to uh, eliminate these things or make the duration of them shorter for us. You know, I think I think I fell into that um, just assuming that um, that somehow I was in this this place of really um, not being spared a lot of trauma. I I grew up like I said in a in a devout Christian home and. And I sort of equated that with being a shield of faith, that that because uh, we were Christians, because we were basically, um, you know, living the way God would have us live, that therefore that was shielding us and protecting us and making making us have a a better uh, life. And and yet um, like that, that was just <laughs> a sheltered upbringing and not in line with that really was making what was shielding us as being our performance. Like we're, we're doing good for God. So therefore he's going to, he's going to reward us by, by shielding us from, from life. But you know, you don't, you don't have to live very long to find that that's, it's not how it works. And you don't have to, you can just look through scripture and see, you know, the Hebrews chapter, that's all about faith and in Hebrews 11, where it gives all these examples of people who are held up as the, the ultimate examples of people um, living, living lives of faith. I mean, you look, you look at what they went through and you go, God was not shielding them from, from troubles at all. In fact, they, they had some just horrible things happen to them and you go, well, then the, the idea of a shield must somehow be, different than God just um, preventing tragedies from happening in my life. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and when Paul wrote from prison, he's, he's having experiences when he's writing about. So for him either that it's, it's, it's a bigger uh, spiritual where we can absolutely count on Christ shielding us. But that doesn't necessarily mean we won't have to go through things in this world that are just part of being human. Yes. Yes. Amen. Trust is um, is a big issue today. Um, mm. I know you you hear it as a as a pastor, and um, I hear it all the time. Uh, people have trust issues because of yes of human relationships, and um, yes, I think. Um, I think the devil really leverages that and and provides any number of substitutes for God that that people attach their identity to, they attach their self-worth to, they they place their confidence in in these things. Um and that gives us I I think when it comes to to evangelism, sharing our faith, sharing the gospel um, I think that gives us an advantage because mm-hmm. built into all of those things that Satan offers from the world, there are all kinds of weaknesses, inconsistencies, frailties, mm-hmm. and they will eventually fail people. Mm-hmm. That gives us an opportunity to talk about the God who never fails us, doesn't it? 
Yes, yes, I, I think that's really true. We're always uh, we're always measuring idols as we're always creating new new god substitutes, and I think yeah, eventually um, they they give out on us. They don't they don't do what we can do, and so so in those in those moments where where people are in that crisis in between idols, if you will. Uh, those are those are really great opportunities to point once again to uh, the God who loves us completely and never fails us. Yes, yes, Amen, Amen. I love this statement from your book, Jeff. We get ourselves into trouble with the sword of the Spirit when we forget that Scripture serves the gospel. <laughs> amen. Mm-hmm. I read that yeah. and I had to I had to laugh. But well, what do you mean by that? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I've heard people twist scripture in different ways. Uh, and in the actually of um, upholding scripture or, or being faithful to scripture. And I think it's important to remember that gospel actually precedes scripture. The good news of what God is doing for us in his redemption uh, it goes back to eternity past. Before there was ever anything written down on the page, God's word was eternal in the past. The the good news of the gospel, you know, um, uh, he was he was Jesus was the the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So so the plan was in long before there was a a written Bible. And to me, that'd be helpful when it comes to thinking how to uh, interpret scripture or, or to uh, find the, the core message of it to go. The reason God put the, put it in place, support his, his gospel, uh, good news of Jesus Christ. And so that's why Jesus, when he was raised from the dead and, and meeting with his disciples, he took them all, all the way through scripture and said, I'm all over this thing. Every everywhere you look, you will find it that it points to me. And uh, I could have sat in on that conversation to hear, but that, that's just such a good reminder to me because you know, to be honest. I think uh, Christians have have had a tendency to wield the sword in in uh, unsafe ways many times. I clear back Garden of Gethsemane when when Peter picked up a, a literal sword and chopped off that servant's ear and, and Christ had to come around and, and do well after. And, and, you know, I, I think that was just a picture of how Jesus followers have, have routinely um, had, had times of misusing the sword and, and uh, that we need to be, be careful and remember that it's really there to support, support this ball. Yes. Amen. Amen. There is a uh, direct relationship between um, our level of desperation and prayer. Now, most people know this, whether they'll admit it or not, but you talk about this in your book, Jeff. So mm-hmm. kind of unpack that for us. And this isn't meant to to shame or guilt anybody at all. It's just an observation yeah. of our human nature, right? Yeah. I, I think uh, actually that our our desperation can can really be a good thing. I think it was uh, Ole Halsby who said your helplessness is your best friend in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh because <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think uh, Paul says to pray all kinds of prayers on all occasions and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with with the fact that it's it's when we're desperate that we go to prayer. I wish we would stay there more. I wish I would stay there more often. Um, but uh, but I do think desperation is a is a tool that God uses to um, get our attention and to draw us back to Him and our need for Him, and really to be able to stay in that place of dependence on Him, uh, to stay childlike in that sense of of going. Uh, I'm never going to outgrow my need for God. Uh, and I think what, what I found in my own desperation, and I, I alluded to this earlier was going that my, my prayers changed, uh, as, as I 
went through my crisis uh, to to go from wishing that God would just end the crisis to to saying, okay, God, um, use this crisis, uh, use it to glorify yourself, use it to change me, and and to to bring the crisis into God's will. Uh, rather than to say, well, God's will can't include this, um, but to allow for for God to do whatever he wants. And if he wants to take it away, great. Uh, and if he wants to leave it there, then to trust that that he has my good at heart and and he um, he can he can bring good things out of it. And so, um, yeah, I think I think our desperation can end up being our friend. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. Um statement, Jeff, and and just remind those that have joined us today for this program that um, God will will bring you to a place where you can experience his goodness and his and his presence and his and his love that um, perhaps you haven't experienced to that degree or to that depth before. But that's an invitation to always experience him that way. That isn't just for People like to talk about the Christian life in, in mountaintops and valleys. And, and I like to say, wait a minute, we're supposed to enjoy the presence of God. We're supposed yes. to live with the presence of God and appreciate him, regardless of what's going on. I think um, that's really what what strengthens us for any circumstances that 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 might come our way. So I, I appreciate you covering that in, in, in the book, Jeff, that was, that was fantastic. So we're winding down now uh, uh, toward the, the end of our conversation, Jeff. And again, friends, for those of you who have joined us today for this, uh, you can go to jdpbody.com, the web Jeff's website. The book is available, uh, perfectly suited, the armor of God for the anxious mind. You're going to absolutely Love it. I appreciate books, especially that are written based on the author's own experience. It just makes it it just makes it more real. And um, and it touches it touches readers in a way that that other books cannot. So so wrapping up now, Jeff, um, what do you what do you hope readers uh, will discover and and any takeaways that you hope they'll get from from your book? Yeah. Well, I think I think a couple of things. One would be to um, to have that is struggling with mental distress of some kind, whether that's depression or anxiety or something else, um, to recognize that you're not alone in it. I think I think sharing my story. Um, I, I just put it out there as as a way of of saying, um, you know be be of good courage because uh you're not you're not alone and i would encourage you to to seek out help there's a lot of good help out there and it really makes a difference you know i had i had um pointed people to counseling for a long time and and believed in it but it was a different thing to go for myself and um to realize that oh i had to overcome some stigma about it for myself and and uh, ultimately found that it gave me access to more of me than I had before. And I'm really grateful for that. And so I'm a big believer in getting the help that you need, whether that's, whether that's through medication or counseling or uh, spiritual resources, books, there, there's a lot of different avenues. And I think um, God is our, our great physician and healer, and he's given us so many wonderful resources at his, at our disposal today. So um, I'm I'm all for getting help, um, and and also to take away some of the social stigma around it. To to go, um, let's not let's not layer on additional sense guilt as they are feeling worried or anxious or depressed. Let's let's save guilt and 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 let um, let's hear the reassurance from God when He says, "Don't be anxious and don't be afraid." It's because He's these are good taking away the need for. Amen. Amen, brother. Fantastic. Well, that's a wrap folks for this episode. Please share this with your friends and on your platforms. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today on WCN TV. See you next time.